In the beginning, humanity lived a simple, ageless existence. They knew not death, nor disease. In four thousand generations, ancestors and descendants thrived together in peace. Then one summer night a blazing fireball fell from the sky, tearing the land asunder. Its echoes woke humanity, for with it came magic, and humanity would be forever changed. They embraced this gift, using magic to build cities and devices, the wonders of which will never be seen again. But they were not content. By embracing magic, they became unbalanced and the world with them. For the first time, their children began to age, and they knew death. Fearful of this new curse, the ancestors tried to balance the world, but were powerless to undo what had been done. Their children and their children's children grew old and died. Many of these children fled the land, sailing to distant shores in hopes of escaping what their ancestors had wrought, and bringing with them stories of their homeland. But they suffered the same fate even in these far lands, and as time passed their stories turned to myth and legend, until one day their descendants no longer remembered their heritage. It was a young boy named Phineas Roth who remembered. Inspired by bedtime stories of a lost world, he grew curious. Curiosity became obsession. When he was old enough, he set out to find this world and find it he did. After a thousand years, the children would come home. Hard was the labor of these early pilgrims, for the orc had prospered in their absence. War came. Death followed, defeat seemed inevitable until a new hero arose from the commons to bring peace to the land. The kingdom grew and prospered, and one day the hero disappeared, never to be heard from again. This was three hundred years ago. Now a new threat rises in the east, and three heroes are about to begin their own journey. Our fate is in their hands. May the light have mercy on us all. Hello, everybody, to the first episode of the Multiclass Theatre Podcast. I am Diana, your dungeon master, or mistress, or no. We'll stick with master. Mistress is a whole other podcast. And uh, we're going to play a little Dungeons & Dragons for you. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. We'll go to my the virtual table to my right. I have no clue where I am on the virtual... Well, it's, I guess it's me now. Um, you talk first, it's you. That's me. Uh, I'm Mike, and I am playing um, Mist on the River, a uh, Tabashi warlock. And for those who don't know, Tabashi is a giant cat. Ah, I'm just now learning how to pronounce that word. Yes, I've I've always pronounced it as a hard X. Well, apparently, because I'm a lore junkie, there's two different breeds of, or like, uh, not breeds, that's not really the right word, but like two different clans of Tabashi, and there's the, the ones who look more like leopards, they're Tabaxi, and then the ones who look more like Jaguars are Tabashi, apparently. So, that's, uh, Ooh. I play a Jaguar man. Cool. Hi, Mike. 
Uh, are we all supposed to say hi? Is this like uh, hey, <laughs> hey. hi, Mike? Hi, Mike. Hi, my name is hi, Mike, Mike, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I, have, um, uh, I am Adam, and I am playing a paladin named Roton. What's what's his full name? Oh, Roton von Bastard. Von Bastard. You mean von Bastard? Because no, von Bastard. Get it right. It's a regional dialect. And last, but certainly not least. Oh, I am Amanda. Um, I use the nickname Ames, which I think everyone here is probably going to refer to me as. So that might be the last time you ever hear Amanda referenced. But um, I am playing a character named Sile, and she is a uh, multi-class rogue sorcerer. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. What percentage rogue um, right now she's level 3, so she's a 2-1 rogue sorcerer. Ooh. And I imagine leveling her up as a mostly a rogue with, like, a splash of sorcerer powers, but we'll see how the, the campaign goes. She might just discover that magic is amazing and switch over to that. Mm. But for the moment, she has no idea that she has magical ability at all. She's gonna kind of, like, discover that as we go. That's thrilling. Also a little terrifying. It, it is terrifying. I, I have plans that would involve things happening without her intending them to, so... <laughs> okay, great! That's something to look forward to. I should say, wild magic is the thing that's probably gonna happen, so she might turn blue or... Oh, she wild cause... magic sorcerer? Yes, she is a wild magic rogue, oh, is what she is. Best. Before we get going on the adventure, let me say a few words about the world itself. We're playing 5th edition. I, just so you all know that I have been playing since 1st edition and my mind is still there. So it's maybe rough sledding to go in the beginning because I'm still figuring things out and my mind naturally goes back to Thaco and I can recite those tables, but some of the newfangled stuff is going to take some getting used to. Anyway, the setting is a unique setting, an original setting beyond the known D&D realms. The populace is a little different. There are no elves or dwarves indigenous to the region, and some of the other D&D races are not present. More of that will be revealed as the adventure unfolds. I don't want to reveal too much and ruin certain surprises, but suffice to say that there are a lot of unique elements and things that work on this land and hopefully it's amusing and entertaining and surprising and y'all enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Okay, so you've all received at various points in time over the last month invitations to be at a certain house on a certain road at a certain time. And you come to the city of Roth in the realm of Roth, and you journey into the old district where the houses are tall and narrow and very close together. You each go up to the door person, you hand the invitation, and they lead you up the stairs. You all have arrived independent of one another. None of you have any idea anyone else has received this invitation but it obviously has piqued your curiosity. So the door person leads you up several flights of stairs and leads you each into a small room. They open the door 
and inside the room is a table and chairs. There is another door on the opposite side of the room, but the door basically looks like a mirror image of itself. There's nothing else in the room. You go in, you have a seat. You don't know how long you've been in this room. Time is kind of strange. Maybe it was 10 minutes. Maybe it was an hour. You have no idea. When the door opens and in walks a short, plump woman in a very loud floral robe. She's wearing half glasses down on her nose, which are held in place by a eyeglass chain going around her head. Her hair is piled up in a very sort of messy kind of bouffant kind of thing. She doesn't look at you when she walks in. She sits down in the chair opposite you. She pulls out a book, an inkwell, a quill, sets them just so on the table, folds her hands in front of her, looks up at you, and smiles. So by way of introduction to each of the characters, we're going to conduct the interviews one at a time. And it'll give an opportunity for everybody to get to know the characters and hopefully for the characters and y'all to get to know each other, if that makes sense. Anyway, so let us start with Rotan, if that's okay. So Rotan, you are sitting there at the table and the woman walks in and away we go. And when she walks in and sits down, he sort of watches her. And then when she smiles at him, that that he realizes like that's his cue. And he gives this huge beaming, glistening grin back. She kind of like titters a little bit and sort of wilts and says, well, my boy, are you attractive? Look at that smile. I bet you get lots of ladies. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> and then she kind of like straightens up and coughs. <clears throat> Hello, my name's Sheila. Let me be the first to welcome you to the tower. Okay, it's not really a tower. It's more of a row house, but it's what we call it. So just kind of go with it, okay? Oh. I'm. He- I- I- hold on a second. I'm not done. I'm just sorry. I'm here to conduct your entrance examination. Just relax. There's no pressure. If you get a question wrong, you will just die a horrible and ironic death. I'm joking. You'll be fine. What? Just, but... just relax. It's okay. All right. You're ready. Oh, I'm always ready. Okay. Here we go. What's your name? Don't overthink it. Uh, Rotan. Rotan von Bustard. Okay, Rotan. That's so handsome. Rotan, where are you from? I... I'm from just, uh, just north of Neverwinter. Have you heard of Neverwinter? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, we've all heard of Neverwinter. It's, you know, it's a big place. Oh, yes, it is that. Yes. So were you like a farmer in in Neverwinter? Did you, like, lift strong bales of hay? I could just see you there, your shirt off in the summer, kind of glistening. Oh, (laughs) nothing, nothing. Quite like that. I I was I, a member of a, a noble household. Yes. A noble I, household? Yes, I kept uh, track of the family history. Then why on earth are you here? Oh, I, uh, I am here seeking adventure. I received a vision uh, in my sleep from a goddess. And she told me, Rotan, go board a ship. And go to Roth. And, uh, and so I, I went and I did, I did so forthwith 
and here I am. Well, Rotan, I for one am glad you did. Just out of curiosity, how much can you bench press? What, what does that mean? Huh? Never mind. It, it's, it's not important. It's not actually a question on the list. It's just, you know, for my own edification, because, ah, jeez, you're so tricky. Okay. I don't know how one presses benches. Never mind. Moving on. So what special skills do you have that you believe would be of interest to us? I would say courage and bravery and honor and uh, and hitting things really hard. Yes. Yes, I think that about sums it up. Courage and honor. Yes. And that puts bread on your table. Well, it helps me hit things. Okay, moving on. Do you have any allergies? <laughs> that caught me out of the blue. <laughs> allergies? Mm. I have a bad reaction to cowardice. Okay, Rotan, listen carefully. Do you believe that morality is actively constructed and relative to who we are and what we consider to be true? instead of a moral code set forth by a certain group of individuals in power. It's really simple. Morality, morals. Yes, yes. Okay, I'll take that. The formal part of the questions are done. Now let's, you and I, talk about how we came to um, take notice of you. So tell me about what happened in the marketplace. You're walking along, you see a priest, he's arguing with some townspeople, and you do what? Oh, I, I think I remember the incident you're referring to. Yes, yes, yes uh, I saw this holy man in the, in the marketplace, and he was being set upon by this, uh, this crowd of angry evildoers. They were, they were dragging him through the street and throwing rocks at him and, and whatnot. And I considered it my duty to intervene so i i uh did exactly that i stepped right up to them and i asked them to what was going on why were they assaulting this holy man and they told me to to mind my own business and to stay out of it so i uh, i proceeded to to uh whack some of them very hard with courage and and bravery yeah you um you killed three of them, and you put one of them into, um, well, I don't think they're going to walk again. Ah, well, they should have thought about that before they attacked a holy man. Yes, well, you know, the thing about that, Rotan, is it wasn't actually a holy man. He had taken those people's money and scammed them out of the money. Well, I know that's what some people call collections, but really, it is a form of uh, donation as I understand it. Now, I'm telling you, Rotan, like the day before, he was in the stocks, up in the Red Square, like people were throwing fruit at him. Uh, I, I'm afraid I don't see where this is going. All right, fair enough. Thank you so much, Rotan. I think we're done. Okay, who wants to go next? I'm dying over here. <laughs> I just about chewed through my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Good. That's what I'm going for. Does dying over there mean you want to go next and you're eager? Or you're just oh, no, enjoying I'm Rotan's just... accent? Oh, Rotan and Sheila are so going to bone before this thing is over. I have no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Sheila? 
<laughs> Sheila would be down with it. <laughs> okay, Mist has absolutely clawed the daylights out of the legs of this table as long as he's been kept waiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How tall is this cat? Like 6'2". So he's like down on the floor, like laying on his belly, stretching. So you're sitting there impatiently, scratching at the table. When the door opens, and in walks Sheila. She looks at you, and she pulls out a small spray bottle and starts spraying you. (laughs) (laughs) No, bad cat, come on. I cast shape water, and stop the water spray before it hits me. Okay. Just suspended in so midair. Sheila kind of looks at it. You know, that was good thinking. And she sits down. It is so boring in this room. There is nothing to do. You seriously are going to have me sitting in here for... <sighs> all right, you're a new person. Fine, let's do this. First of all, it's been four minutes. Second and? of all, you really need to learn to relax. If you'd like, I can make you some tea or maybe like... I have some herbal concoction that I could give you. I understand that people of your ilk tend to like it. Maybe roll around on it for a while. Maybe eat it. I don't know. You do with it what you will. You're not a not a narc, are you? Like, like this isn't like like you have to tell me if this is entrapment. Like, if I ask, you have to tell me. You're in a secret room about a job that you heard about or got asked to apply for because of some shall we say, illegal stuff you already did. So why are you asking me if I'm with the authorities? Like, really? Well, you, you lure me in here and then you start offering me, you know, you know, you start offering me, like, trying to get me in trouble? Yes, that's right. It's all a sting. You're under arrest. Now, let's get on with this. What's your name? Mist on the River. That's really not a name. Like, I thought you would be called, like, Fluffy or Stripe. All of those are sensible everyday names. My name is Mist on the River. You asked, that's my answer. <sighs> All right, where are you from? Not here. Can you be more specific? Not here? Okay, should I just put Catland? Probably for the best. All right, Catland it is. What special skills do you have that you believe would be of interest to us? I cast darkness right above her head. Very cute. So, besides that, like, are you good with knives? Are you good at hitting things? Do you have courage and nobility? Well, I mostly hit things with magic when I need to hit things. You know, I can go without being seen when when I so choose. Climb okay. Oh, I got these. He flexes his claws. can play bass. Oh, are you in a band? My nephew Reggie's in a band. He's always looking for a new... They're always losing people. It's a big mess. But, like, you know, I was going to put you in touch with them if you were in... Like, you know, maybe you want to be in a band. If this doesn't work out. <laughs> so so this is... So, so, I'm, so I'm interviewing for, for, for a position in a band? Well, I mean, no. But, you know, I'm just saying, let's say... Let's say you didn't make the cut here. Maybe a band would be a good alternative. Like a good... It's like your fallback plan. So if I don't make it into if I don't if I don't make it into this band, you, you know of another band that needs a bass player. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, okay, cool. All right, Mr. Cat, do you have missed. any allergies? Just missed. I'm sorry, Miss Cat. No, you 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 said you said Mr. Cat. It's just missed. 
Okay. Mist. Do you have any allergies? Uh, you allergic to dogs? Uh, no. You're okay. You're not going to be like sneezing and coughing up hairballs like in the middle of a heist or something. No, no, no. I, I, I have some herbal stuff whenever I'm around humans. Oh. <laughs> is it? Is it? Can you share some? Are you are are you allergic to your own people? No, but you know, like I, I'm known to indulge. I'm cool. You indulge in, in allergy medicine? <sighs> then never mind. Never mind. Moving on. Okay, mist. Listen carefully. Do you believe that morality is actively constructed and relative to who we are and what we consider to be true, instead of a moral code set forth by a certain group of individuals in power? He mouths that over several times. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Can you say that again? Oh, God. Do you believe that morality is actively constructed in relative to who we are and what we consider to be true, instead of a moral code set forth by a certain group of individuals in power? Well, I heard morality. So, you know, I kind of always go by the philosophy that, like, I don't like to mess with, like, the lives of other people. And as long as, you know, they don't mess with the lives of my life, then, you know, everyone just kind of goes about their business. So I think that's a maybe. Sure. That's it for the formal part of our little interview thing. So tell me, Mist, why did you break into the castle? Is this a trick question? Uh, no. Like, I mean, because, like, the castle's guarded, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Like, were you trying to steal something? Were you trying to kill someone? No, I mean, it was guarded, so it must have... There must have been something interesting inside. Well, yeah, it's the castle. Like, the, the queen is in there, but, like, you were just oh, going to take a look? If you're not allowed into a place, then, then that's probably... It probably means there's something really cool in that place. So, so you go into the place. So you just kind of went in there to take a look around? Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Mist. You're all done. Just stay here. Relax. Please don't scratch the furniture. You can curl up underneath it, on top of it. You can go hide in the corner. I don't care. Just please. This stuff is expensive. It's imported from New Jersey. Just (laughs) please don't destroy it. He takes out a bright green feather and proceeds to just, like, toss it up in the air and bat at it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, Ames, you ready? Uh, sure, let's do this. She'll do the usual thing of, of looking around, like looking for exits and seeing two obvious ones and nothing else, and then sort of settle in nervously. After some amount of time, you're unsure what, door opens, in walks Sheila. She sits down opposite you, smiles at you. She's just giving you a quizzical look at this point. You're weird. Are you ready, my dear? Um, sure. Go for it. What's your name? Silway. Silway. That's a very interesting name. Do you know what it means? I don't think it has a meaning. I, or maybe it does, but I, I don't know. Do you know what it means? No, that's why I was asking you. No, it means nothing. Fair enough. Where are you from? Uh, out, out east, I guess. I don't really want to say where I'm from, but I, I've been in Haroth for like a month or so. Just so you know, it's pronounced Roth. The H is silent. The, the H is silent. Then why is there an H if it's silent? It's, I've been calling it Haroth for a month. Well, I can't help that. Had you come here earlier, I would have corrected you. Why is it called? Because the first king was named Roth with an H. So the city's named Roth. 
Right? The why? castle's named Roth. That doesn't make any sense. Why would his parents put an H in the name of their child? Two H's. I don't know. That's... Do I look like I'm like royalty? I have no idea what royalty looks like, but you should not put letters where they don't belong. I'll make a note of it. I'll tell the grammar people. Out east, like the suburbs, like Edgerton, like how far east are we talking? No, I, I'm farther away than that. I actually don't know how far. Um, I, I, I came from Nightfall, if that's, if that's a better answer, that'll make you stop asking me where I'm really from. Yeah, oh I, my I, god, the world is such a small place. I'm from Nightfall too. Oh. What what part? You're, 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 you kind of seem like a sort of an old town kind of girl. Like, I'm from the Bramble. No, I, I live down in the, in, near the docks. Um, it's, it's not really... I, I'm fine. I live on the streets, okay? I, I worked for the Thieves Guild. I didn't really live anywhere. I just moved around to wherever I could find, like, a warm place to stay. Honey, there is nothing to be ashamed of. We've all been there. You keep asking me where I'm from, and I don't like it. Don't pout with me, Missy. <sighs> fine. I'm from Nightfall. All right. You should have just said that at the beginning. It would have been much easier. Have you been back recently? I want to know if there's any new restaurants. In Nightfall? I don't, I don't go to restaurants. What special skills do you have that you believe would be of interest to us? I can't really answer that because I don't know who you are. What skills do you like? Well, well, I don't know. What do you do? Are you noble? Do you have courage? Can you make the sky dark? I, I'm definitely, I'm not noble. All, all I do is, like, sneak around and, and see stuff, I guess. That was what the, the Thieves' Guild in Nightfall used me for, was going around at night and listening to people and seeing things and figuring out what's going on. Like, I don't know, information gathering, is that, is that a skill? Yes, that's a skill. That's a very good skill. Oh, okay. Then yes, I'm, a, I'm an information gatherer. We also call that a spy or a tattletale, or a gossip. It I'm depends on the context. Oh my god. <laughs> Fine, spy. I'll use spy. So tell me, my dear, do you have any allergies? Um, yeah, uh, sunlight. Sunlight? Yeah. Well, I don't know how you live. Well, no, it's not like a... If, I, if it's bright outside, like I sneeze, it's a problem. It, it's, it's hard to hide sometimes. I should say so. You really should get that looked at. I've got a very good nose and throat guy. His name is Herman. He's kind of an apothecary, kind of a little bit of a quack magician. But, you know, he gets the job done. Uh, I don't think I want quack magicians fixing my sneezes. Well, that's just his official title. That's not really what he does. You know, it's he's good. He's good people. Okay, he's my brother-in-law. I just had to say that. Okay. I'm trying to get in business. You know, I promised my sister I would do it. You know, she's always on top of me. Why don't you get Armin any business? And I'm like, why? Because he's terrible. Does he work for free? No, he charges a lot of money. Okay, then it's, no. it's amazing. I don't understand. I don't have any money. I can't give any money to your brother-in-law or whatever. That's fine. You don't need to. Okay. He's okay. a bastard. She never should have married him. It's just the whole thing. I won't get into it. Okay, that, that would be great. I'm just going to avoid him forever, if that's okay. That's a good idea. We all should. Everybody should. If I could put him on a boat and just send him out to sea, I would do it. Okay, next question. Do you believe that morality is actively constructed and relative to who we are and what we consider to be true, instead of a moral code set forth by a certain group of individuals in power? I mean, obviously, 
Have you seen the people in power? They have no morals. They just do whatever they think best for them. They don't care about people. People in power are terrible. No, definitely morals are... Everyone has their own morals and should follow their own code, obviously. Young lady, that is the best answer I've heard all day. Oh, yay. I just have one more question for you. Tell me about what happened at the docks. You mean those guys that... Were those your guys that I hurt? Well, it's not so much that you hurt them. It just... How did you figure out they were doing what they were doing? Oh, you mean the price-fixing scheme? Well, yeah. Why don't you just yell and tell the world? Yeah, that. I mean... They were practically yelling at, why can't I? Your, your guys are terrible at hiding. I, I, I literally like arrived in town and decided to go see what was up at the docks. And I noticed, you know, whenever a ship comes to the town, the one guy like disembarks on the starboard side and crawls down and like goes to shore. And when I followed them, they always, he always runs to the same building. And then shortly after, like a bunch of guys run out of that building and then go to the market and buy up all the stock of whatever's on that ship. Like you're hardly subtle about this. That's good to know. I appreciate it. I'm going to have a word with Jermaine and Bruce, who are the ones who are in charge of that operation. They need to just kind of clamp down on it and maybe start cutting off some hands or something. I don't know. Jermaine and Bruce, huh? That's good to know. Thank you. Okay, so your interviews end, and the doors opposite you open, all three at the same time. Oh, so we're all in different rooms? You're all in different rooms, and the doors open, and you all emerge at the same time in another room. And this room is fairly large. In front of you is a dining table with a lavish spread of food. There's turkey and ham and pheasant and flagons of wine and ale and bread and pretzels and donuts and whatever you want. On the opposite side of the table is a huge window and it looks out over the city. In the distance, you can see the castle up on the hill. You can see the red square. You can see the fountains. It is an absolute gorgeous view as if the building was built with this view in mind. Standing in front of the window with his back to you is a tall, slender man. He has thinning hair that's cropped very short. He's very finely dressed, and his hands are clasped behind his back. Well, the first thing Mist is going to do upon entering the room is pounce at the uh, at the spread, grab a pheasant in his teeth, and uh, pick up a whole turkey in his claws, and trot back to another corner of the room with his haul. As soon as Silway sees a giant cat in the room, she's kind of wide-eyed and freaked out a little bit. Like, what the hell is a cat doing in this room? So she's just sort of like staring at him very um, intently and confusedly. Well, there's a lot to take in this room, so I'm doing the, the roguish thing and just sort of scanning, looking for anything out of the ordinary besides the obvious. Mara? Mara, is that you? Oh, crap. It's that guy. I say out loud, apparently. <laughs> uh, hi. I, I think I forgot your name. Oh, Mara, we're friends. Oh, oh, oh yes, of it's, course we it's, are. It's Roton. That's right. You, you give your friends gold, so we are friends. Yes, I remember now. The man standing in front of you, he reaches up and with a very small gesture, twitches his fingers and all three doors close behind you. He clasps his hands once again behind his back and resumes staring out the window. And then he says, you may take a seat. Please sit down. 
Oh, that's very gracious of you. Thank you. Rotan goes and he takes a seat. So, like, cautiously finds a chair to stand behind. She doesn't sit down. Mist gnaws on a drumstick from the corner of the room. Rotan pours himself a glass of wine. Yes, please help yourself to whatever you want. I appreciate you so much answering my call. You're the one who called us here? Oh, yes. How, how very rude of me. My name is Arnon Blix. I am the emissary, the northern emissary, I should say. I should not overstep my bounds. I am the emissary of the patron. Yes, I don't know what any of that means. Who is this patron you're speaking of? The patron... Oh, dear lord. The patron is a preeminent businessman. His reach is far, and his grip is strong. We are the Shifting Sands, and we move at his whim. Yes, I don't speak in metaphor. Can you explain that to me? At this, Mist almost magically appears behind Rotan's chair, dangling a drumstick out in front, saying, Does this patron guy have a name? He is the patron. Yeah, 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 that's a title. Does he have a name? Not that I have ever heard. Wait, before we go any further, is this not your pet cat? I'm confused. I thought this cat was here to, like, guard a... What are you? He seems to be some sort of cat person. I thought he was a pet. I flicked the drumstick at Silway. Dexterity check to evade. Go ahead, roll it. Oh, I'm actually rolling. Okay. Um, 17. Yes, 20. She evades. Um, if you would please just sit down, I will try to explain everything to you. Please. Mist goes ahead and perches in chair next to Rotan and sticks his tongue out at Silway. Like some sort of half-cat, half-person with the powers of both. Wait, are you a cat or are you a person that looks like a cat? I think that Rotan puts in his two cents, grabs a donut as he's saying this, and proceeds to, like, start dipping it in his wine goblet. I think that it is it is a crossbreed between a cat and a person. Yes, I think that seems highly likely. I'm Tabashi, you overgrown hairless monkeys. Tabashi? Oh, so that's your- you have a name, then. Oh, that makes sense. He's a tabby. I get it. It's a tabby cat. A tabby cat person. Yes. Half yes. cat, half man. Wait, I can't tell which cats are boys and girls. You're, you're a cat man or a cat woman? I cast Shape Water, lift a glass full of water out of its goblet, and dump it on Silway's head. <laughs> oh. Does she get a, I assume she gets an agility check on this. <laughs> sure, whatever you say, boss. Alright, she's dodging out of the way of the water. Let's see if it works. Oh, she rolled an 18 that time. I like these dice. The man in front of you, Arnon, turns around. He does not look very happy with your antics. Please, enough. Stop with the foolishness, or I will throw you out of this window. We did not bring you up here to cavort and joke. You're behaving like children. I get that a lot. Okay, well, I'm only 19. Give me a break. I have you know that I married my first wife when I was 16. Oh, congratulations. Oh, you're one of those guys. Okay, I understand now. And she was 47. (laughs) 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 I couldn't even get that out. (sighs) I'm afraid I don't understand what bearing that has on discussion. But since we're sharing random facts about ourselves, (laughs) I like the color blue. Would you just please sit and listen to my proposal? Yes, 
As I said, I am the Northern Emissary of the Shifting Sands. If you had said that when you found me, I, I might not have come here. Yes, I know that. That's why he didn't say anything. <sighs> I may regret this, but I am looking for some very special people with specialized skills who can pull a job for us. And sadly, you three are the best we've found. Hey, wait a minute. Let me tell you what the job is, and then you can decide whether you'd like to continue. And if you turn us down, no hard feelings. But of course, we can't let you leave here alive. You understand, that's how these things go. That was also not told to me by the recruiter? Of course, because you would not have come. You need to have a chat with your HR person because she said we would be fine. Being murdered is not fine. Yes, I think that violates HOSHA regulations. Yes, well, you have to understand that Sheila is here for me, not for you. That's the kind of weird secret about HR. You kind of think they're supposed to be there for you, but really they're supposed to protect me and my business. Just so you know, going forward. Consider that your first lesson. Anywho, far to the south, in the city of Nightfall, is a... Well, how shall I put this? There is a brotherhood. They call themselves the Brotherhood of the Golden Rock. Perhaps you've heard of them. I have heard of them. Well, I haven't. They sound like a very, very noble and companionable group, though. Well, they're mostly a bunch of drunks. Ah. But they're, they're wealthy drunks. And they're well-connected. And it's a very old brotherhood, and they like nothing more than drinking and putting on shows. It's all very strange. To be a member of this organization, one needs to be from a certain kind of family. Ah. You understand what I'm saying? Rotan smiles. And, of course, there's all these rumors about what happens inside their little clubhouse. You know, there's rumors of, I don't know, rituals to summon demons and drink blood and human sacrifice. And, well, maybe that's true. And that is why we have you, my dear. He gestures towards Rotan. If that were to be true, then, you know, you may come in handy. If not, you also may come in handy, because I think you are their kind of man. I am honored that you would think so. So, this brotherhood has in its possession a golden rock. Uh, that's why they're called the Brotherhood of the Golden Rock. And uh, the Golden Rock is very peculiar. It actually has the power to turn lead into gold. And I would very much like this rock, so I would like you to retrieve it for me. Do you want us to steal a rock? Uh, a magic rock, yes. You hired us to be thieves? Yeah, well, you are thieves. Well, not him, but he's... I, the lighthouse is on, but nobody's home. You understand. Oh, absolutely. I don't. Don't worry about it. So this golden, this gold, Brotherhood of the Golden Rock, this is the band that Sheila was talking about that needs the bass player? Uh, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> he looks towards Silway and says, uh, You, my dear, seem to be the most sensible of this group. Do you have any questions? I've heard of the Brotherhood. As far as I'm aware, they don't keep the rock in Nightfall. I, I mean, I believe it's in Nightfall. I mean, that is where their house is. It's called uh, Griffin's Perch. It's right up there on the 
cliffside in Old Town. I'm sure if you are from Nightfall, you've passed it a thousand times. Uh, I believe that's where they have it because, well, that's where they are. Oh, we were told it wasn't there to keep us from stealing it. Uh, yes, they're, they're tricky like that. Very compelling indeed. I confess, I'm surprised you know what that word means. I am uh, honored that you would say so. Let's see. Golden Rock. Demons. Sounds like you've come to the right place. Yes. I'll take it. Hi everyone, this is Mike. I play Mist the Tabashi Warlock. Uh, with me here are Diana. Hello. Adam. Greetings. And Ames. Hey everyone. And we just want to take a moment to uh, say that we hope you're enjoying the first episode here of Multiclass Theater and uh, thank you all for listening in. This is our very first venture into podcasting, so we ask you to be patient with us as we go through our uh, hopefully rapid growing pains. If you like what we're doing, uh, we'd ask you to spread the word. Uh, like us or leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you don't like what we're doing, uh, what we're doing, maybe you could spread the word anyway. Perhaps you have friends who love a good train wreck. You can follow us on Twitter at MCTPod or send us email at multiclasstheater at gmail.com. That's with the American spelling of theater, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. Definitely, if you like it, leave a review on iTunes rate us or spotify or google play or wherever you find this and feel free to engage us at the uh, mct pod twitter account one of the things i'd like to do there is to tweet out uh some maps like a world map if you're interested and possibly maybe character sheets and maybe one of these days we'll get a website if you know someone's motivated enough to make one i think that's all we have for you today but we look forward to using this place to uh thank you more directly for for your comments for your reviews oh do we have a patreon no no maybe maybe at some point but you know right now we're just we don't know what we're doing if you would like to give us money let us know we'll set up a patreon <laughs> throw it at us as we drive by <laughs> uh, if that changes we'll we'll, we'll let you know if, if you think you're liking us that much that you want to shower us with pennies or however patreon works I don't really know, like I said, first time doing this. But for now, I think that's all we have for you, so we will get right back to the show. What about you, Mist? Do you have any questions that aren't about bands? Mist looks up from the plate that he's been licking with his tongue hanging out slightly. No, when do we leave? Uh, that's the spirit. Alright, you both are a little too eager here. We need to know more about what's going on here. So you heard a rumor about a golden rock that turns lead into gold, and you thought, I want that rock. I'm going to find some people in this town, kidnap them essentially, and force them to go get this rock for me, under threat of death. Well, mostly, but uh, you did come here under your own volition, so there is really no kidnapping uh, involved. You said we were being hired for this job. Is there pay, or are you just going to not kill us if we succeed? Oh, no, my dear. You, you will get paid. What kind of man would I be? What kind of organization would the Shifting Sands be 
if we simply executed everybody who did a job for us. You wouldn't be the first organization that did that. I've heard rumors about the Corridor and the Patron, and frankly they're not far off from what you just described. Yes, well, but what happens in the Corridor stays in the Corridor. It's a very different place. But you are from there. I do not understand your reticence here. There are evildoers involved, and this man is completely trustworthy. Wait, insight check. That's a four. This man is completely trustworthy. <laughs> evildoers? He just described a group of drunken businessmen with too much time and too much lead gold on their hands. Ah, I mean, an excellent cover for demon summoners. The demon summoning... That feels like a stretch. There's a magic rock that turns lead into gold. What about this is not interesting to you? The part where we get killed if we don't bring the rock to this guy. Then we bring the rock to this guy and we don't get killed. This doesn't sound hard to me. And I, I will pay you for your time and for the rock. I, this isn't a, an indentured servitude or like internship kind of situation. Okay, listen. I, I just came from my... I've only been here a month. I, I left for a reason... I might not be the most welcome there. You should be aware, I guess. That's why I don't want to go. My, my dear, my dear, I, I understand. You're young and you think you're the only person in the world and that you're so important and that the world just can't go on without me. But I assure you, Nightfall is a very big place and there's much going on. Most of it has nothing to do with you. I doubt anyone really cares whether you're there or not. I mean, have you seen me? I kind of stand out a little bit. I'm going to have to invest in, like, a, a really dark hood yes, or something. Yes, then wear a hood. Jeez, do I, I have to think of everything? I don't... I can't afford a hood. Well, then have the cat steal you one. I'm running out of objections. Ugh, this sounds like a bad yeah, idea. I'm running out of step places to stuff silverware. Mara does raise an interesting point, though. It might be wise for you to lay out the terms of what you will pay us upon completion of this this adventure. How about some up front? That'd be great. Um, well, we can see what we can do to supply you for your journey. Uh, let me ask you this. What would you like to do this job? How about a, uh, a smaller stone that turns lead into gold? How about we bring you some lead, you turn it to gold, and we keep that gold? Well, sure, I can pay you gold. What about you, cat? Would you just like a shiny ball of tinfoil? Miss wakes up from having curled up and fallen asleep on on the chair. We're still we're still we're still here. We haven't we haven't left yet. Uh, no, my dear boy, you would certainly know had you left. You'd think that. Okay, one more question. What if the rock is so big that it can't be moved? What if the rock is literally like part of the cliff that their building is built on top of, and it can't be moved? Uh, that is an excellent question and i do not have an answer for that i suppose you would just have to kill everyone and we would have to take over the place oh now we're murdering well you know sometimes we must make difficult choices we must because we will be killed if we don't well don't think of it like that think of it as you will get paid handsomely if you do great murder for hire don't feel bad about it Mara. there are demons involved I mean, don't don't jump right to murder. I mean, you could try something else. You could like sneak in and try to take it, or like. Or we I could don't talk know. to them. We could ask nicely. Yes, that I'm sure will work. <laughs> so why don't you do that? And then when that doesn't work, and you have to kill everyone, then you come talk to me again. 
if there's demons being summoned, then we can talk about murder. That sounds like an excellent plan. There's no other questions. Um, how much would you like with 20 gold pieces to help? Would that get you started? Silly. Yes, that would do nicely. No, no, it would not, Proton. <laughs> Stop it. 20 gold pieces is nothing. Hundreds of gold pieces. Hundreds. Would that buy you like a, uh, some milk? A hundred gold pieces? I I'm afraid I don't really understand the value of money. See, I'm very wealthy. Alright, then, since you have an unlimited supply of gold, well, 10,000 gold pieces. Uh, my dear, don't be ridiculous. I'm not an idiot. Oh, you do understand the value of money. Well, yes, at a point. So how about this? I will give each of you 150 gold pieces to get started. That will allow you to buy, I don't know, a horse or a child. I don't know, whatever you need for this adventure. 200. Kids are expensive. 175. 180. Uh, 177. <sighs> Seriously? Fine, and I'm taking this shiny plate. Uh, done. I do not understand what just happened there. I maintain that a thousand is a fair price if we successfully retur return with that golden rock. Uh, a thousand apiece? A thousand each, yes. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Are you all agreed to these terms? Right, I agree. And you missed... Oh, uh, yes? Very good. And for you, my dear boy, do you, do you agree to these terms? Yes, yes, yes. That will do very nicely. Well, then I guess this is it. Um, seeing how you've uh, almost completely destroyed my table and taken most of my silverware, I think our business is concluded. If you will go out the doors through which you came, he snaps his fingers and the doors all open. I, I don't want to bring this up, but I feel it's necessary. If you were to try to do something, I don't know, and, and I don't think any of you are these kind of people, but should you try to abscond with the rock, we will hunt you down and kill you. Seems entirely fair to me. May I have the donuts that come with this plate? He turns back to the window and clasps his hands behind his back. Roton gives him a little nod and then uh, goes back through the door that Roton came through. Silway also exits and just leaves through the same door she came in. This waits for a minute to make sure that Arnon has completely turned his back and then he reaches for a candlestick. Okay, to a sleight of hand. Uh, that is a 22. All right, you snag it. And then he bolts back out the uh, door that he came in. Okay, as you're exiting, you hear... And the doors close behind you. And you come out into a corridor, which is really just sort of a landing. And the stairway you came up uh, is kind of right in front of you. And Sheila's standing out there. So, how did it go? Your boss seems like a lovely fellow. That whole you'll be fine thing? Yeah, not true, as it turns out. Oh, I have faith in you, Schnookums. Can I just, like, I really, I know this is asking a lot. But can I just scratch your ear, like right behind your ear, please? Just, just a little bit. It would, it would mean the world to me. He narrows his eyes at her and then says, "Fine." She reaches up and she starts to scratch behind your ear. After about three or four good scratches, he quickly turns his head and says, "That's enough." Oh, fair enough. You've made me so happy. <laughs> Wait until I tell everyone that I get to pet a cat, man. I don't know much about human resources, but this seems like the sort of thing that should be disallowed. Oh, you. To be honest, I'm not really human resources. So uh -huh. you don't have to worry about that. 
I have a question, Sheila. Yes, my dear. What? What's your question? How many interviews did you do today? I did three. I interviewed all three of you. Really? There were no others that failed to qualify? No. Well, I mean, we're very selective. Like, you, you, you qualified our pre-screening. So, like, you know, had you been a total loser, then, you know, maybe you wouldn't have made it through. But, like, you know, you're all winners. I have good feelings about you. Especially you, gorgeous. Oh, look at that chin. Roton doesn't know who she's talking about. He's just staring off into space. So we're the best, huh? Okay. Well, I mean, you're what we got, so yeah. That I mean, makes see that makes more sense. Okay, I understand how. I understand now. But you know, dearie, I have faith in you. I really do. I think you're gonna go far. That's that's nice to hear. Thank you. And she kind of scoots past Sheila and out the door. The, obviously rude manner <sighs> teenagers <laughs> okay so the group of you exit the building at this point and you are standing in the middle of crescent street in old town old town section i don't know if you want to just skip ahead to like getting the the adventure underway or do you want to shop some or i don't know what do y'all want to do well, I have a whole bunch of silver that I need to sell, so I'd love to find a silversmith or somebody equivalent to uh, pawn all that stuff on. What are you doing here? I, I could ask the same question of you. This is where I was coming in the first place. Yes? You were also coming here in the first place? Uh, no, I sort of just, uh, well, more or less, yes. I was told to generally head uh, to this area. Okay, so, yes, when we separated in Quarter's End... We probably could have just traveled together. We should have coordinated this better. Yeah, well, well, you know, best laid plans. Some people say that. I don't, but some people do. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila just sticks her head out the window. <laughs> oh, that wasn't even Sheila. That was just me interjecting a joke. Okay. No, she... <laughs> I couldn't help but overhear. You know she's watching Rotan until he disappears over the horizon, right? Oh, I'm sure she is. Hates Yoo-hoo! to see him go, but loves to watch him leave. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Damn it, Sheila, stop listening. As she, as she flutters a hanky out the window. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! So we've acquired a cat, it seems. You have acquired nothing. Are you sure? Because I thought I heard you agree to go on this stupid, stupid mission with us. Yeah, that doesn't mean you've acquired me. I, I think it does. We're working together, right? We've all acquired each other. Oh, so this is like a this is like a mutual acquiring thing. I mean, it's mostly me acquiring you, but yes, mutual. It is. We're all grouped together. You know, because acquiring sounds like property. Well, and I may not be human, but that doesn't mean. I mean, are you human? Because I don't know what you are. I'm Tabashi. Half human, I think. I think has been established. I thought your name was Mist. My name is Mist. I am Tabashi. Your name is Mara. You are a human. His name is Rotan. He is a walking can of tuna. I beg your pardon? Wait, Mara? Oh, Rotan said Mara, didn't he? Yes, your name. Yes, yes, um... <laughs> That's right. His ears prick up. I'm going to do an insight check, and I think it's probably against... Uh, my deception? Yeah, I think that sounds fair. Uh, let's see. What is my deception? Oh, it's terrible. Okay. He's a very honest spy. A nine... On deception. Yeah, believe it or not, that beats me. Um, 
So, yes. yeah, Mist thinks you don't remember your own name. Alright, listen, since we're going back to Nightfall, let's just keep using the name Mara. It's not my real name. I picked it because I didn't want to tell you my real name before, and it's probably best that we continue that ruse in Nightfall, if that's okay. Wait, what? <sighs> you were afraid to use your real name? Well, I was in Nightfall, and I'm still kind of afraid to use it since we're going back to Nightfall. And to be totally honest, I don't trust you to keep the two names straight, because you uh, seem a little dim. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. But, uh, but if you are worried about people knowing who you are based on your name, I am happy to call you Mara for the time being. Uh, no, it's... Uh... It's confusing. My name is Silwe. You can call me that, since we're going to be a group or a team or whatever. What are we even? Um, a party. A, a party? Really? Is that the word? A group of adventurers. Okay, anyways, if we're going to be traveling together, we should probably get to know each other. And you can use my real name, which is Silwe. But when we get to Nightfall, I probably will ask you to not use that name when people, other people are around. Is that okay? Can you handle that? You can count on me, Mara. Wink. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yes, this is going to last until the first person he meets. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to say, hello, and this is Mara. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Silway, I remembered to use your fake name. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this whole name thing was going to bite me at some point. First session. <laughs> the group of you kind of wander off to spend your gold, or in the case of Mist, to sell your bounty. And then you decide to meet up a little bit later, maybe at the, uh, the gates or something, so that you can get the adventure going. Adam is as bad with fantasy money as Rotan is, so how much gold did we get there? A hundred and seventy-seven gold pieces, I believe. Okay, cool. Thank you. And and please write this stuff down, because I am definitely not writing this stuff down. You can do a nice cool. round number. Do you reckon? Do you reckon the uh, silver is worth about thirteen gold, Diana? That sounds about right. Cool. So I have an even two hundred. Um, Damn it! Screw the rest of us with the hard math. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you should have stole more, apparently. Apparently. Rotan likes this plate, and he will hang on to it. Wait, did we all get plates? I grabbed a plate. I I, I did not. You're less. I feel like we have to would transport like to... a rock. A cart might be good. I already have a mount. Did you establish what your mount's name is? I did not. So I'm thinking my mule will be called Concord. We'll do that. I definitely want to try to swap out my armor for something a little bit better. Go up to studded leather. Okay, and what about you, Ames? So I think what she's going to spend the money on is a cart and horses to pull it. So okay, I, I, I assume this is enough money to buy two horses and a cart. Oh yeah, yeah, that's enough money for that. Okay, maybe one horse and a cart. But yeah, that, that's what she shows up at the the gates of the city with. Assuming we're meeting at the at the gates to begin traveling. Yep, that's fine with me. Well, then she shows up with a, a cart. And a horse to pull it. So you're all there. Did Mist get anything like a horse or is he just going to ride in the cart? Oh, he's totally going to ride in the cart. Okay. So is he there like riding shotgun with Silway or is he... 
Kind of just in the back, like, curled claw, up claw, and napping. Claw. There's blankets back there. You can make a little nest. Yeah, he absolutely hops into the back, like, picks at the blankets for a little bit, and then curls up in a little fuzzy heap. So you um you start your journey south, and I assume Rotan is riding his magnificent steed. Yes. What's what's the order? Is Rotan riding out in front, or are you riding side by side? I think Rotan's tendency will be to ride in front. Okay, so you uh you begin your journey south, and you're on the road, riding point, occasionally drifting back to converse. The road leads you out of the city, past the small village of Edgerton, which is kind of more like a hovel than a nice village, but people live there. And so the road turns south out of the city and passes over the river out into the forest. As you continue your journey further south, you notice that the the forest to your right, which is closer to the shore, is getting a little bit thinner, whereas the forest to your left is starting to get more and more dense. And you're not really sure if the road turns inland or if it's just the coastline goes away. But you find yourself in a fairly dense wooded area. The trees are mostly, I would say, sort of pine. In my mind, I'm picturing northern Michigan or like Wisconsin, you know, upper Midwest kind of thing. It smells fragrant and wonderful. You've been on the road for, you know, several hours. When Silway, you notice along the side of the road, sticking out from the brush, what looks like a pair of boots, as if there may be either somebody lying there or a corpse along the side of the road. She's going to pull the reins on the horses to, to stop them. So do cat people ever eat bird people? <laughs> as he gets farther and farther away. Yeah, he just keeps riding. <laughs> I've always wondered that myself. <laughs> Rotat, stop. Yes? What? There's something I... There's something on the side of the road that might be interesting. Hold on. Wait one, one moment here. And Silway hops down from the cart and goes to investigate. What do you do, Mist? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hop down as well. Yeah, uh, and... Rotan will start riding slowly in their direction. Okay, so you all three approach the, the corpse or the, the legs or whatever you don't know what it is, I guess. And you kind of peel back the brush, and you do indeed find a corpse. And it's the corpse of what looks like a very young man, but maybe not so young. The corpse's features are very, like his skin is very smooth, and it's very pale. And almost as if you can't really tell how old he is, or how long he's been there. It doesn't look as if he's decomposed at all, he just seems to be there. Alright, so Silway is clearly interested at this point. She's like kneeling down and sort of looking over the corpse and trying to see if there's any like identifiable emblems or something she can use to figure out like what's going on here, which I guess this is an investigation check? Yeah. Ooh, 15 plus 18. 
Is there anything that might tell me, like, anything about him? Like, where he came from, or how he might have died? You find in, sort of, in an inside pocket, in his, not cloak, but his his traveling coat he's wearing, you find a small journal, on the cover of which you see a symbol that seems familiar to you, as if maybe you studied it a very long time ago, but you can't quite remember because you weren't quite paying attention fully in that lesson. I wasn't the greatest student back then. Well, as she flips through the journal, Broton and Mist, you notice that it is in a language that you do not understand or have never seen before. Hmm. I knew I should have taken that spell. Fascinating! It's not elvish, draconian, or giant. No, it is not any of those. As she's flipping through it, kind of like scan reading it to see what kind of things is this, was this guy writing. To say it's going to take more time to read and research and and kind of read through the whole thing, but it is definitely it seems to be a journal. All right. Well, she definitely takes that journal. So Roton's going to hop off his horse, and he wants to see if he can figure out what killed this person. Yeah, Mist is Mist while uh while while Silway slipping through the journal is gonna do the similar sort of thing, look for any signs of which direction this person came from, or rather which direction the people who left the body might have come from or taken off in. Do a um I guess an investigations check. Unless you have like some sort of tracking or uh survival? Is that nah, my liquid It used to be tracking. I don't know what it is in five E. To the book. To, used to be grouped under survival, though, as like a wilderness. Survival is like sort of just the group of wilderness skills that. Uh, yeah, DM might wisdom check. Yeah, follow tracks. So oh, yeah, survival. Tracks. Okay. Yep. Um, that is a whopping thirteen for uh to try and follow these tracks. Okay, you actually don't find any tracks. Yeah. Weirdly, there is no tracks leading to the corpse. No tracks leading away from the corpse. It's like this dude just plopped down dead in the field. Pretty much, in yes. The, in the bushes. Like, for all you know, this person fell out of the sky. So I want to look closely at the body, try and figure out what killed this person. I rolled a 12 minus 2 is 10. You notice no signs of trauma. Again, you can't discern. There's no stab wounds. There's no discoloration. There's no nothing. Uh, I feel for a pulse. <laughs> Uh, you feel for a pulse and give me a medicine check. Oh, yeah. Way better at that. He, like, puts his hand on his forehead checking for a pulse. So 13 minus 1 is 12. You do not feel any pulse. I have no idea what killed this person. There's no signs of injury? Nope. Does not look like it. That's very, very strange. And as Mist, as you and Rotan look upon the corpse... The skin almost seems to glow to you, like there's almost this ethereal quality to the corpse and to to the man that probably you get the sense that he was once very, very beautiful and very, very striking. And even in death, he still retains some of that. I poke at him with a boot. I, I see I see Rotan going to moving to do that with his boot, and then I offer him my uh, my staff. You poke a body with a stick, not your foot. Seems oddly impersonal. Please I... don't poke this body with a stick. It's not proper. Is he glowing? He's not glowing. He's... I don't know how to explain it. Do you know this person? No, I don't know this person, but the fact that he is dead is very strange and worrisome. If somebody killed him and did it without 
and weapon, then something very, very strange is happening. These people don't just get sick and die and fall into bushes. Now, what do you mean when you say these people? The ancients. The, the what? Ancients. Very, very old people. So like a grandfather. Um, many, 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 many times removed, yes. He's saying this person isn't human. No, he's human. Just very, 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 very old. Yes. How old are we talking? I, I really have no idea. Um. Ten? Ten what? More than ten. Ten centuries? Probably. Okay, that sounds like a lot. I don't really know. They don't really tell us their exact ages. I don't think they even remember their exact ages. But they, they don't die is, is the part that I'm trying to communicate here. They, they don't just fall over and die. But everything, even elves eventually kill over and die. And humans, well hang on, do I know that humans have a shorter lifespan than elves? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Did you just roll for that? Are, I yes, and I and I came up with a big whopping one. I think humans are immortal. What's the lifespan of a human? Oh, humans live less than a hundred years. How many years is that in in cat years? I think the conversion will be he, will be he, extends, he holds up his hand and extends a single claw, and you can take a guess as to which claw he extends. Uh, but he doesn't even look at Rotan. He just kind of continues on with Silway. But but if humans, okay, hold on. If humans live less than a century, and you think these guys live more than ten centuries, but they're human, but humans don't live that long. Some humans do. You, you both look surprised by this. So if a cat lives one year, and cats have nine lives, then the lifespan of a Tabashi... <laughs> oh, I say. Oh, I, look, just, just trust me on this. There are so many things wrong with what we're seeing here. I don't even know how to start explaining he should not be dead he should not be here in this part of the world and he should not be tossed into a bush so, so, so do you want to load him into the cart or what <sighs> it feels wrong to leave him here yes we should take okay him. tons of fun into the cart with him i suppose that's the best option yes Mist and Silway, while you are <clears throat> loading the corpse onto the cart, you hear some rustling in the bushes coming from across the road, and it's getting louder. How far away is this spot? I would say the road is probably about 20 feet wide, maybe. You see it kind of maybe another, let's say, 20 feet into the brush, and you see kind of the brush moving. Brilliant. I cast fairy fire on that area. Okay. All objects within a 20-foot cube are illuminated, and all creatures in that area have to make a dexterity saving throw, or they are also illuminated. I think Rotons just... So this is coming from the other side of the road? Yeah, the other side of the road. So you, okay. you see Silway's head snap around, and you see Mist, I guess, throw up his hands and start doing funky hand gestures or i don't know how Jazz hand. how do warlocks cast the spell is it verbal component uh this one is just verbal so so he goes uh, lumos <laughs> no it's leviosa <laughs> laserous pointius what you see through the bush and you can all see this clearly is outlined in violet is a boar and it is angry, and it is charging at you. Right now, it's about 40 feet away, but it's moving fast. And Rotan it's moving... Can see this too? Yeah, Rotan can, because it's. I guess it illuminates it for all everyone, right? 
Yeah, and they, and you get a plus to hit, or am I wrong on that? Uh, you get advantage on attacks against. Okay, it. so Silway, looking in your direction. <clears throat> so you have advantage, and and obviously it doesn't know you're there yet. So I'm gonna say you have you have surprise on it. Ooh, pork chops, and I will huck an eldritch blast at it. Uh, let's roll for initiative. Okay, amongst the three of you to see who goes first. Although I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna say between you and Silway because Rotan is still a little bit back and um, twelve initiative twenty. You are first. All right, pucking that Eldritch Blast, make some pork chops. Uh, eighteen to hit. Uh, that will hit. Um, seven damage. Okay. So you wing it, and it smells delicious as the scent of roast pork rises. <laughs> Oh, ow. <laughs> Wait, did I kill it in one? No, no, no. Oh. But but you, you you winged it. It's partially cooked. Yes. Searing it seals in the flavor. Exactly. That area will be overcooked when we're done with it. So I... All right, is it across the road still? Uh, Yeah, it's gotten closer, though. It's probably maybe 10 feet away from breaking out of the tree line. I will ready the action. So that when it does break out of the tree line and I have clear line of sight, I can throw a dagger at it. Okay. And then I'll use like the bonus action to to back up kind of a little bit more, like twenty feet or so, just to put some distance between it. All right. So it it breaks out of the 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 brush, and as you can see, uh, down one flank is kind of a scorch mark. Uh, the bolt caught the boar. And sticking out of the side of the boar are several arrows. So it sees you and it's so enraged that it's going to just try to attack or run through you. But it's um, it's uh, your move, Silby, I assume, because it is within range. Okay, then yeah, throwing the dagger at it. Uh, 20. That would definitely hit. Uh, 8 plus 3, 11 damage. Okay, you fling your dagger and it catches the boar right between the eyes. And with, oh, a, nice. with, with a kind of huff, it collapses to the ground and then slides because of the momentum and comes to rest right at Rotan's feet. Ah, dinner! I look back across the road in the direction that the boar came from. Is there anybody out there? You look back across the, the road and stepping from the trees, you see three women. The shortest of which is about six foot three. The other two are close to seven feet. One may be a little bit taller. The shortest of which has a bow in her hand. She has an arrow knocked and pointed at you. She is grayish of skin, but you can't really tell if that's her actual skin color or if she's used like ash to kind of darken her skin. There's war paint on her face. Her hair is also gray. And again, you can't tell whether that is her hair color or if it's some sort of camouflage. And it's in dreads bound up on top of her head. She and the two others who are carrying, one has a spear and the other has what looks like maybe a hammer or a mace or maybe just a club. The one with the bow takes a step forward and looks at you and says, Step away from the boar. It's ours, clunker. Mist points at Silway. She did it.
Silway be able to talk her way out of this? Will Mist start paying attention? Will Rotan realize Sheila was hitting on him? Find out next time on Multiclass Theater. Thank you.